Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Uh, talking about fellowship, talking about life groups. We're starting life groups this week, and uh, I'm going to be encouraging and teaching from the Scripture in Acts. It says this, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift, say the gift. The The Holy Spirit is a gift, a deposit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, the gift is only for close people. The gift is only for people who are holier than thou. The gift is only for people who've been to church all their life. For their uncle who's a pastor. No, the Bible says that this gift is for people who are far off. I don't know about you, but I used to be far off. And the Lord in his grace brought me close. For all whom the Lord will call, the calling church, with many other words, he actually, I'm going to have you, can you throw me a, a water, wife? My, I drink too much coffee because I'm addicted to it. And uh, yeah, woo for the coffee. Oh, oh, you didn't see that. You didn't see that. I'm almost in my pride, want to do that again. It was a bad throw. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Terrible husband. All right. With many words, he warned them. Interesting that Peter says this. He warned them. So much of the time we hear in church and preaching about is encouragement, but never warnings. It's okay sometimes that the Holy Spirit warns us. With many words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, that means not everyone did, but a lot did. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted, say devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Say fellowship. The fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, all right, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they could say every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad. They ate some pan dulces, some, some tortillas, and some frijoles, and, and rice, and some empanadas, and some, I'm thinking of Salvadorian, what's that, cheese? Uh, pupusas, all right. Uh, I, never, I only discovered pupusas until I was like 23, so that, I'm late on the game on that, all right. With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And, in, and the Lord added to their number daily, to those who are being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We come into your presence. And Father, we pray that your word would continually renew us, refresh us, re-energize us. And Lord, we want to be in your presence. And we say thank you for being here. I sense you here. Thank you for working on hearts. We pray that you mend people's lives. We pray that you deposit a word that is going to inspire. We pray, Father, for anyone who's needing hope, And honestly, ready to quit, I ask, Father, that you would restore them. I pray that you'd break yokes and break chains and touch lives today through the message, Lord. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. Give Jeremy a clap. All right. 
Uh, recently, I watched a <clears throat> I watched a documentary. I don't know about you, but millennials and documentaries we just go together. All right, Netflix is a bunch of documentaries. I watched I watched one on Hulu, and uh, my sister's here. Thank you for the f- subscription free account. Thank you. We love you. All right, um, <laughs> that's the only one we binge off our family members. Don't ask me for any of my subscriptions. I ain't giving you mine. All right. Um, I watched Hulu, uh, uh, I think it was two weeks ago on, on my day off, and I came across this random documentary that I really believe God was speaking to me about, speaking to me through, and it was called, uh, it was called 52. I don't know if you've seen, a, seen it before, and this, this, the, the, what it's about is one day um, during the Cold War, the end of the Cold War in the, in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, the United States military, the Navy hired, um, I might butcher this, but they they hired a, a marine biologist who for 24-7, 365, would put these uh, headphones on and all he would do is listen to uh, the open seas because, you, if you know, history in the Cold War, the United States were in a, and the Russia was in an arm race and what they hired this marine biologist to do was to listen to the ocean waters and to differentiate Russian submarines from whales. And what this man heard, it was this beautiful, he said he heard songs of whales all throughout the ocean. And uh, he said, what we don't realize, there's so much to discover under the water, but the whole ocean is covered in noises. And, and the, the, what he says is that uh, the water tends to move the, the sound waves even further than just on land. And so he heard a bunch of sound waves and frequencies, and he was able to differentiate uh, Russian submarines between whales. And if you know about anything about the whale's life, what do they do? They operate in pods. They operate in community. But one day, uh, it was an interesting thing that this one marine biologist discovered. He tapped his radio. I think that's my nephew. We love you. In Jesus' name, all right? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the marine uh, biologist discovered uh, uh, at 52 hertz, say 52 hertz. He, he discovered at 52 hertz one day that he couldn't differentiate uh, uh, the sound. This one sound was unique, this one sound sounded like something that was a non-living thing, like a submarine. But he said, you know what? The pattern of this sound, we see it moving, and we think it's actually not a submarine. I think it's actually a unique whale. And what they discovered about this, what they believe is a whale, that they at 52 hertz, the human ear, I believe you can't hear it. But they're, they're wondering, why is this one whale not in community? Uh, they, they, they call it the loneliest whale or the lonely whale. It, it took off in uh, 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 popularity and people got tattooed on themselves because humanity or people of this generation, especially millennials, have connected to this whale. And the reason why this whale they discovered is probably lonely is because it's a, probably a hybrid between a blue whale and a fin whale. So the noise that it emits, no one really understands it. So therefore, it doesn't have community because the other other people don't or the other whales don't really understand this one whale now I want to let you know that the heart of God loves you he believes in you he smacked his image on you you're made in the image of God and I really want you to know today that when you sound off God knows the frequency of your voice he knows the frequency of your prayers he knows how you sound even before you say a word he perceives your thoughts even from afar he knows when you sit he knows when you arise nothing can separate you from the love of God in that good news 
But here's the tendency that we have. We live in a culture that loves isolation. We, love in a, we live in a culture that believes in individualism. And some of the Eastern cultures get it a, a, right a lot. If you've been to China or the Middle East, they know something about community that we don't as Americans, and, and, and they're good at it, so to speak. All right, so I want to talk to you today and teach you a little bit about, I convince you to join a life group and talk to you about the biblical value of community, all right? It says here in the book of Acts chapter 2, there's a beautiful picture of what the New Testament church looked like. By the way, the birthday of the church happens in Acts chapter 2. If you remember, uh, the church began when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon the apostles. Then all of a sudden, there became a church. church. In other words, there can be no church without the person of the Holy Spirit or the Godhead. Do you hear what I'm saying today? If you don't have Jesus, if you don't have the Holy Spirit or the Father involved in the church, then you just have a concert. You hear what I'm saying? All right. So the the birth of the the church happened in Acts chapter 2. We see a beautiful image of what the New Testament church looked like. And just to give you a portrait of what the New Testament church looked like, the church did not have a building. They weren't tied down to a building mortgage. And oftentimes in our culture, we believe that church is a building. But watch this. Church is not about the pew or the steeple. It's about the people. Come on, somebody, all right? So you can get rid of this facility. You can get, we can go meet in a park. Why? Because the church is not just an organization. And I do want to say this. It is organized. Don't you like organization? Come on, someone, all right? Because a lot of people say, oh, I don't like organized religion. Well, what, what, do, you, what do you want, unorganized religion? I'm serious. I mean, what do you want? I want to go to my house. My wife knows I like organization, all right? She likes organization too, right? So another, but it, it has to be healthy, right? So the church is not just an organization. It's probably more than an organization. The church of Jesus Christ is an organism. It's alive, active, and God is doing and moving in the church. Come on, someone, you out there. We are an organism. We have, and I feel like we've lost that touch. We are an organism. There's a life happening at the calling church. There's life happening here. I see it every weekend. People coming for the first time. And if it's the only time they ever come, I see them give their life to Jesus. I I met a brother named Keith. I haven't seen him for a few uh, weeks, I feel like. But this brother is is getting clean and sober. I meet families. I meet people who are hurting and broken. And they say, Pastor, what you preach was amazing. I say, it's the word of God. Come on, somebody, all right? So life is happening. And I have a question for you today. Who are you doing life with? Have you taken an inventory of who is influencing you in your life? I think it's time to realize who you are allowing to speak into your life. And life is happening here at the Calling Church. So in the New Testament, we see a picture of what what life looks like for the church. They're eating together. They're having communion together. They're praying together. All right, and, and, and the Bible says that their, meeting, their meetings look like a few different gatherings. One gathering looks like it's in the temple court, say temple court, where that gathering's a larger gathering. It's a more corporate gathering. It's a, it's a bigger gathering, all right? Uh, and, we, uh, uh, and then there's smaller gatherings where the Bible says that they ate and met in homes each day of the week. So we believe he, that in, as at the Calling Church, and that's part of our strategy. Sundays are a larger gathering. It's a bigger gathering, but we believe at the Calling Church church for us to continue to have the life of Jesus within us we also want to have smaller gatherings throughout the week which we call life groups say life groups and life groups are, are, are like cells in order to have a healthy body 
healthy bodies consist of healthy cells. Healthy cells make up a healthy body. So what makes up a healthy church is healthy life groups. Amen. Somebody say amen. All right. You out there. All right. Uh, um, And one of the words, so we see this picture of the New Testament church. And I think what, is is that my mom talking? I'm going to call you out. I hear like a conversation right now. That is my mom. (laughs) Holy cow. You, You know, I want you to believe me when I say I am... I don't really come from a church background. (laughs) That's okay. All belong here. I might tell you, because this is my time, or Jesus' time, all right? I love you, Mommy, but uh, we are in the Word today, all right? Uh, I think she was, (laughs) I almost heard her conversation. Online, I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry, all right? Uh, uh, so we are uh, in, in, in the New Testament, all right, what that picture looks like. And I believe God wants to inspire you today about community. Why? Because why? Uh, why? Because we believe well, a lot of us love to live isolated. And if there's anything that we learned in the last two years, my heavens, is that it does not work. Isolation does not work. And what isolation loves is depression, discouragement. Sometimes I think it's okay, you know, we are alone at times for sure. I believe that's healthy. But in the last two years, we've been alone too much, wrestling with some demons. Demons talk, and they whisper to you, and they tell you that you're not good enough and that you're not worthy enough. And don't join. Watch this. I know that the enemy through this message say, don't go to life groups. Why? Because they won't accept you. They won't love you. They'll think of you a certain way. And let me tell you, is that God? You know, know, the most powerful thing you can ask yourself is, who said that? Not God. Or did God say that? Come on, someone say amen. You out there? All right, so God wants you to join community and fellowship. I will never forget, uh, almost 10, 12, no, 12 years ago, uh, I, I was going to church. I wasn't involved in the church. I just, I did my thing. I actually did this at 19, no, 18 years old. I was playing baseball. I said, God, give me a car. Give me a car, Lord. If you give me a car, I will go to church. I told, I will go to church. I promise you. My uncle got me a, a, a car, 1994 Honda Accord. Let's go, baby. All right. And uh, my car was joyrided. For, my car became a community car. All right. People just stole that thing. All right. It's great on gas. Very economic. $20 filled up the whole tank. Let me tell you. Amen. All right. I didn't like sharing my car with everybody in the neighborhood of Azusa. All right. But, uh, uh, um, uh, I, I told God, if you get me a car, I will go to church. So I got a car. And I remember that I'd go to church on Sundays. It was a very big church. I hid out in the crowd. You know, I, I did my thing. Here I am, check mark. And, uh, but my life was still a mess. My life was still broken. It was hurting. And, and it was so funny because it, it, it's, it's ironic. You can be a part of a church but still not know anybody like this blue whale, right? And still not, not feel felt. So I, I was hurting, and I, I was in the most darkest time of my life. And I remember I didn't want to be here anymore, to be honest with you. I was listening to demons. Michael, you're not good enough. Michael, not, you're not worthy. There's nothing in store for your life. And let me tell you, what a lie. What a lie. I'm having my second child. I can cry right now. I'm ecstatic for what God is doing in my life because I said yes to Jesus Christ. And not only did I say yes to Jesus Christ, watch this. God does not only want your life to get saved. He wants you to work out your faith. Come on, somebody. God does not only want you to get saved. He wants you to grow up, mature in your faith, complete your assignment in the name of Jesus. I don't want to go to heaven without. See, I'm not afraid of death. I'll be honest with you. I'm not afraid of death. I've seen death a lot. But you 
You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of not accomplishing my purpose in the name of Jesus. I want to cross the finish line. I know that my God doesn't do things without a purpose. He does things with intention and purpose and causality. So I want to cross my finish line. I know that God has purposed me with gifts and, and skills to do the things of God. Come on, someone say amen. The world is not enough. I'm here to serve a higher calling, a higher purpose, and I'm here to inspire you to do the same. So here I was broken, and I saw that uh, the young adults said, go to small groups or life groups. And I said, fine, God, not only will I go to church, but I will join the life of the church, and I'll be part of a life group. Let me tell you, to this day, Kanan and Dorothy McFarland, uh, who I love, a young African-American couple who opened up their home, who taught me, who heard me, who listened to me, they were young professionals. And I, I forever, my life has been changed because they answered their call, they answered their assignment, and it blessed my life. Come on, someone, say amen. I wonder who is next. You can give God a clap, all right? I wonder who is next to you today. See, all the time, a lot of times we pray, God, help me. Help me, Lord. <laughs> give me a solution. I want help. And then someone comes knocking on the door. That's not my help, Lord, not them. <laughs> Lord, help me, help me. You go to church and say, hey, how's it going, brother? How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Not them. God gives, people are a blessing. And I'm going to get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But people are a blessing. Not everyone will hurt you. Come on, someone, say amen. All right, let me get back to my points in order, all right? Uh, there's a word in the New Testament that we see here in, in Acts chapter 2 that is so uh, special and important to uh, the idea of community, and the word is fellowship. Say fellowship. The word is fellowship. It means koinonia. All right, say koinonia. It means koinonia, and what, it comes from the root word koinos, which means common. Say common. So, so in other words, what we have, we have a share in something. All right, and what, what we've learned in the last two years is the world has been completely dividing us, telling us what we do not have in common. But the essence of the church says you do have something in common, and the thing that you do have in common is that we all have one Lord, Jesus Christ. All right. Right? That's what we do have in common. And what we've seen in 2020, 2021, and a little bit of 2022, the news is it's the devil trying to tear up the church apart, people apart. Watch this. God has a vision for your life, and that vision is him and people. It's living, uh, 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 so to speak, the cross vertically with God, horizontally with people. But what the devil does, he doesn't give you vision. He gives you division, and he wants to divide. Yes. Amen. All right. That's what he wants to do. But God has a vision for your life where you have things in common. I love what John Stott, a theologian, says. He says, uh, uh, talking about kanoina, it says, it expresses what we share in together, what we have received together, and what we participate in together. That is the grace of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And kanoina also means what we share outward together, not only what we receive together, but what we give together. Paul uses this time and time again to share about, talk about generosity. So kanoina means what we share in together. All right. And many of us come from different backgrounds, neighborhoods, races, races, ethnicities. All right. But we have one do one very precious thing in common that we're all in need of for, forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ. So just because we may look different, just because we may come from different spaces, God wants to create a body out of all of the different parts. Right. Amen. Come on. Somebody say amen. And then let me tell you, this is what heaven looks like. 
I love that my church has Samoan people. I love that my church has Chinese people. I love that we have Hispanic people. I love that we have Caucasian people. That is the type of church that Jesus wants to see. Come on, someone say amen, all right? God loves us all. And even though we have unique backgrounds, uh, we have a greater uh, commonality, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the word kanoina, simply put, means doing life together. Say life together. Are you enjoying this teaching, by the way, you out there? All right. <laughs> it's been a little awkward. I call my mom. My nephew is, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Get him saved, Lord. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're more than saved. I love them so much. Um, uh, and by the way, we're actually starting our kids' ministry in three weeks. Carmen is going to get it going. It's going to be awesome. All right? Just a heads up on that. Okay? Because we need kids' ministry ourselves. All right? So simply put, kanoina means, uh, it means fellowship, but it also means doing life together. It means doing life together. See, so much of the church, a lot of times in this culture that we live in, it means going to church, but leaving church there and going back home and doing the rest of your thing. But that's not what the New Testament church looks like. New Testament church looks like, I, yeah, I, I gather with believers, but it's not just on one day of the week. It's every day of the week, so to speak. All right, I am being a representative of the church in my spheres. All right, I'm influencing. I'm being a representative of the kingdom of God. It's doing life together. Let me tell you, one of the biggest, if not the greatest blessing of starting the calling church has not just been about preaching or just been about praying with people. It has been about doing life together with this body of people. I, 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 one day I had the blessing of, of meeting Tone and Jessica Unatafa. I love them so much. They came when, honestly, there were about five people here. And we developed such a relationship that when they had their son, they said, Pastor Michael and Kareem, we want you to come uh, uh, on the day that my son is born here at Huntington Hospital. We want you to pray for them. We showed up at the Huntington Hospital with a bunch of Samoa different people. <laughs> and uh, and we, ha- I mean, what an honor. The day that he was born, they had their second girl not too long ago, their baby girl, Amila. They said, Pastor Michael, we want you to come to our house and we want you to pray for Mila and our family. This is what doing life together is all about in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, you out there. We had a lady uh, uh, who we love, Jamie. One day she had, she had gone through some blood clots in her leg. The church showed up beyond a Sunday, brought groceries for her, were there for her, prayed for her. This is what doing life together is. This is what the picture of the church should look like. Come on, someone, you out there. So I want to encourage you guys to do life together. Why? Because you were never designed to do life apart. If God meant for you to do life alone, he would have said, Adam, I love you, but... I ain't making no Eve, <laughs> all right? It's just you and the animals. But God said, it is not good. You know what's unique about that situation is that every other animal had a pair except Adam himself. Adam was naming, naming them lion, tiger, elephant, uh, uh, weasel. I don't know if that's an animal. It's just funny. It sounds funny, all right? <laughs> all right, is that, I don't know. But, uh, uh, but Adam, he had no one. And God said, it was like, you know what? God didn't go, oh, shoot, I forgot one for him. It was a lesson that you can't do life alone. I have a question for you today. Why do you do life alone? Join the community. I know why you probably do life alone. Probably for some of the reasons like I do life alone. Watch this. My second point is this. God made us to be dependent. And I'll answer that question. God made us to be dependent, not independent. 
That might scare some of you. God made us to be dependent, not independent. I don't know about you, but I love, 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 love independence. I'm good all by myself. I love myself. I enjoy myself. I can rely on myself. I trust myself. I don't need anybody. I know what I can do. Does that sound like you? It may not sound like you, but it's, it's exactly like me. Let me say that again. I, do, I, I love independence. I'm good by myself. I love myself. I enjoy myself. I have good company with myself. I can rely on myself. I trust myself until you hit a ceiling, until you hit, hit your limits. See, running a church, you're going to hit a ceiling, and you're going to realize that you, as much as you love yourself, you can't do it by yourself. As much as you do love life by yourself, you're not going to be able to do life by yourself. Why? Because your greatest resource in your life is other relationships. It's other believers because they have a little bit of what you need. And watch this. You can't solve all your problems all by yourself. That's why it says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, it says, Shoulder each other's burdens and then you will live as the law of the, uh, live, uh, the, fulfill the anointed, the law of the anointed one teaches us. All right, but here's why we love independence. Here's why I come to that conclusion in my own life. Because underneath, why I, I love being by myself and I enjoy myself. I can rely on myself. I don't need nobody. Watch this. It's because underneath all that is hurt and pain. Being betrayed, being hurt, being lied to, it makes you not want to join community, right? But watch this. For some of us, we've gone through that in our life, and God is terribly sorry, and he hurts, and he mourns with you. But that's not the complete picture for your life. Do you know that Jesus chose Judas? Jesus chose Judas. Judas did not uh, mess up the plans of God. In a way, he kind of became part of the plan. Watch this. It's uncomfortable to join community because sometimes we get uh, scared that we're going to get hurt again. But watch this. That is just part of life. You will get hurt. But the Lord Jesus Christ will pick you up and love you. And he will put you around people who are healed, who are loving, who are caring. Uh, Pastor Martin and Ronnie are some of the most amazing, beautiful, loving, caring people you will ever meet in your life. Come on, somebody. All right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So under the reason why I kind of did not want to join life groups at my other church or did not want to, is because I didn't want to be hurt again. I didn't want, but watch this, joining the life of the church, I met some of the most significant relationships in my life. I met people who spurred me. See, watch this, people are like elevators. They will take you up or they will take you way down. How about not join, how, how many of you have been in an elevator when you, you know, ding and it opens up and you kind of have to make space and oh yeah, come on in. I know with pandemic's a little different, but come on in. God wants you to be around people in an elevator who are moving on up. Come on somebody, not down, who are climbing on up to a higher calling, a higher purpose. There are three kinds of people in your life. There are climbers, there are coasters, and there are campers. There are climbers, coasters, and campers. Climbers, like the, like the song, it's about to climb. I think you need company on the climb. Then there are coasters. There are people just, ah, that's my yawn. <laughs> they're just cruising, cruising in the, in, the, in the faith. Or they're campers. There's people camped out and enjoying the fire but not ever going anywhere. God, you know, part of my job as a pastor is to get your faith into motion and to keep on climbing. Come on, someone, you out there. Your faith grows 
When you gather with other believers and you exercise. That's why it says this in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. You, you use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another. Watch how it says in this version, the Life Bible version. It says, a friendly discussion is as stimulating as the sparks that fly when iron strikes iron. All right, as iron sharpens iron, so one, so man, so one man sharpens another. In other words, in order for you not to be dull anymore, you need some other iron in your life. That's how we get stronger. That's how we grow. Amen. Somebody you say amen. You enjoy the message today? All right. It's a little quiet. I'm assuming you're eating, right? You're eating. Amen. So we're made to be dependent, not independent. How, how, uh, how you know, the church is not ever called to be self-reliant or self-sufficient or self-made, right? We need the utter depend- to be utterly dependent on Jesus Christ himself all right you can, here's why you can only carry so much you can only only go so far you can only do so much until you hit your limit until you hit your ceiling you're going to need other people and i know this message is probably hard for the introverted all right but it's okay there are other introverts too and you can join a community of introverts all right i don't know all right here's point c the greatest resource you have in your life is other can I just say, can I go on and share a story that's a little random? My wife, uh, as she's introverted, and it's amazing how she can do what she does because she's more shy, but she can sing, like, amazing, right? Amazing. Uh, but a lot of times people say her name wrong. This kind of sounds like Corinne, right, because it's spelled N-N-E, which she believes is the right way. I don't know if that's the right way. I don't know. All right, but her name is Corinne. And, uh, and you know how she corrects people? She says, Michael, you correct them. <laughs> She's always, I don't want to do it. I'm like, all right. I'll be a good husband. All right, point C, the greatest resource you have in your life is other believers, Christian relationships, all right? Not only, ta- not only is time, faith, or wisdom a great resource, but believers, say believers, believers are a great resource and a blessing in our lives. Here's why. Other believers have what you need to succeed in your faith. Other believers have been where you're going. Other believers have dealt with what you're dealing with. Other believers know what you need to know. Other believers have been been through what you're going through other believers have struggled the way you might be struggling other believers may have overcome the way you will overcome that's why uh, other believers are your greatest uh, resource all right other relationships watch this being a christian means gathering say gathering so you know what the devil does and this is a truth he he roars he roams around like a, a lion right seeking to devour right you know, if you ever watch National Geographic or the Discovery Channel, you'll see, for example, that the lions, what they do is they hide and they wait for that one little calf that just doesn't, is not with the community. They wait for that one little zebra that somehow has wandered off. They wait for that one lamb, right? So that's why community is so significant because the devil does want to penetrate your life. But what we do as believers is when we're gathered in community, there is no way that he can come in. Come on, someone, say amen. He cannot pick you off when you're on your own, all right? It's when we get alone that he does pick us off, all right, that he does put thoughts in our mind, that he does try to put fear and instill anxiety in our life. That's why you need other believers in your life. And to give us another picture of Konoina, this is what it says in uh, 1 John 1, 1, and it says this, and it's a beautiful description. I love how uh, the apostle John says it. He says, we want, say we, we want to tell you about the one who was from the beginning, 
We have seen him with our own eyes. We heard him with our own ears. They're talking about the apostles literally being in the presence of Jesus and touched him with our own hands. This one is the manifestation of the life-giving voice. And he showed us real life, eternal life. We have seen it all and we, can, we can't keep what we witness quiet. We have, we have to share it with you. We are inviting you to experience eternal life through the one who was with father and son coming down to us. What we saw and heard, we pass on to you so that you too will be connected with us intimately and become family. Our family is reunited and our, by our connection. Say connection. Connection. Check your connection. Amen. Someone say amen. Check your connection with the Father, His Son, Jesus, the anointed one. And we write all this because we're, we are retelling this story that fulfills our joy. So let me give you some of the reasons why you probably think life groups is a challenge for you. Number one is time. I don't have enough time. Well, I have a great suggestion for you. Make time. Make time. Make time. Make time. It's better than that TV show. It's better than Starbucks. Have a life group. Someone say yes. All right. Make time. You say, Pastor Michael, I'm shy. It's okay. I bet you there's other people that are there that are going to be shy. My wife leads a church. She's shy. Very shy. All right. Uh, (laughs) Number three, afraid. I can't go to life group because I'm afraid. Where does the root of fear come from? Not God. So if you feel afraid, it's probably the enemy trying to intimidate you to not be a part. It's okay to have timidity or just, you know, just a little bit of uncomfortability, but it doesn't mean that God's not in it. Just because we get uncomfortable doesn't mean God's not part of it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oftentimes, God will get us uncomfortable to grow our faith and put us in a circumstance where we have to start lifting with our faith. You out there? All right. The fourth thing is we feel comfortable. We're coasting. We're camping. And watch this. God has called me to be a part of a church to climb. Amen. To make the climb. To make the climb. Say, make the climb. I want you to climb. I believe in you. I believe in you. I do what I do is because I believe in you, church. I believe that God has deposited the Holy Spirit. And that is such a dynamite force that is more powerful than any superpower in the world. Better than even a a, a nuclear bomb. God Almighty lives on the inside of you. And that's not for nothing. That's not for nothing. That's what makes me so passionate about what I do. Up here, you think I'm here up alone? I'm not up here alone. There's someone else with me giving me passion to inspire. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit inside of me. I believe that God has deposited that in you so you can live a dynamic, supernatural life, not just a natural life. You meant to go places. You meant to do things in the name of Jesus. Let me just share this story with you. I almost forgot it, and it's the Holy Spirit sharing, wanting to say it to you. Watch this. I went to Disneyland on Monday, on Monday, all right, I, uh, uh, with my wife. We celebrated six years. We do this every year. We went to the Blue Bayou. We had our time. Uh, it was great, you know, keeping the romance alive. Ten years, baby, let's go, all right? That's what you got to do, okay? We enjoyed it. Uh, we went to Main Street where they usually do fireworks um, in Disneyland, but I think they're on a budget now, so they're doing a light show, all right? So, so we, did, we saw a light show, all right? And it was amazing, spectacular. We went to sit on a curb. 
and uh, there was this young couple there with two kids. My wife and I was just us. We left Hope because we needed our time. And uh, I said, hey, um, you have an amazing stroller. It's a double stroller. I said, we're having our second baby. We only have a single stroller. I said, which one do you have? And she said, up, up, baby, something like, I don't know. Uh, I think that's what it was. And uh, we just hit it off, and we talked. And I said, where are you from? She said, I'm from Monrovia. I said, what? I'm from Arcadia, and we pastor in Pasadena. We're pastors like, whoa, that's amazing. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, I could have sworn, as I turned my back, they were talking about their girls, and I could have sworn the man said to his daughter, Faith. And I turned back around, and I said, oh, your daughter's name is Faith. I said, that's wonderful. My daughter's name is Hope. We got to get them in a room together, all right? And, uh, and, 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 and he looked at me awkward. I couldn't read him. It was really weird. He said, no, my daughter's not named Faith. And uh, I couldn't tell if he was offended or he just like, whoa, kind of got open-eyed a little bit. And the wife said, that's crazy that you said that. And she said, I want to talk to you after the light show. I said, sure. And so the light show happened. It was great. And then after I said, hey, just me, great, it was great to meet you too. I think you, you guys are awesome. And she said, she started to cry. She said, a few months ago, I had a miscarriage with twins. Their names were Faith and Hope. It is no accident. I don't believe she said this out of her own mouth. I think God's doing something here. And I said, yes, he is. I said, I want to pray for you right here in Mid- Main Street in the middle of downtown Disney. Or da- Disney. And the Holy Spirit was moving. That I had an appointment, a divine appointment that I knew nothing about, but because I made myself available to God. Let me tell you, church, we are the, we are the bride and the body of Jesus Christ. And we are not meant to be up in this building just to sing kumbaya all up by ourselves. We are meant to be, uh, uh, we're, see, we're meant to be salt in the city of Pasadena. We're not here to judge you. There's only one judge. Let's stop pretending. He's the judge. Amen. And we love people. But watch this. I do believe this. We are a Bible-believing church, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving church. And I believe in the authority of Scripture. And that's our authority, how we do life, how we do faith and practice. Come on, someone. Say amen. You out there. So God is doing something within this community. And I hope and I pray that you'll be part of it. I promise you we're not weird. All right? I promise we don't just start twitching or something like that. I don't know. All right? We are not weird. Okay? We're not weird. All right. God wants you to join community and be part of the life of, of the church. Watch this. Jesus Christ is, is a, the church is a body, and you're meant to be part of that body. Not everyone's left hands or right hands. Not everyone's just uh, the mouthpiece or just the kneecap. We're all part of a body that make up a larger whole, that have fellowship with God and one another. And to be a Christian, it means that we have fellowship with God as we have fellowship with each other. It's living vertically and horizontally like the shape of the cross. Somebody say amen. You out there. Give the Lord a clap if you enjoyed the message, all right? <clears throat> I do want to say this. I'm very excited because I called Ronnie and I said, Ronnie, we're starting a new life group. And he said, what? <laughs> I am going to start a new life group on Sunday mornings at 945. I'm so excited because I'm actually, the church is going to hire an espresso bar. You can come and have coffee, a latte, a cappuccino. I don't know. And if you here, I know some of y'all. You're like, I don't even like coffee. Tea too. All right. Six kinds of different tea. All right. Covering all the bases. So here's the point. I want to invest in community so that you can develop companionship, camaraderie, and fellowship. 
Watch this. God wants you to know him by knowing each other. That's why one of the greatest prayers of Jesus before he died at the upper room was, Father, I pray that your people are one as we are one. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus and the Father are one and the Holy Spirit. And for us to know God better means entering into relationship. I know someone may, may have betrayed you. I know someone may have lied about you and lied on you, but that's not everybody. Let God put some loving people in your life to help you heal. Amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.